Good evening and welcome to E-Bible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 15 of Revelation chapter 7, and we're going to be looking again at verses 15 through 17. Therefore are they before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Now we have been looking at this passage for the last several studies, and um, we've seen that this is the great multitude. God saved them. They came out of great tribulation. And really, it is as though we are looking in a mirror because this language is describing our present circumstances and the great multitude are those that God saved during the little season of the great tribulation, which ended on May 21 of 2011. Therefore, we have come out of great tribulation. We are before the throne of God as earth is his footstool. We serve him day and night during this time period of judgment day, which uh, very well could continue for 1,600 days. We serve God in his temple, the completed body of Christ. And and then, as we saw in our last study in verse 16, speaking of this great multitude, speaking of all of God's elect, speaking of us, if we're truly saved, they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. And again, the verse that really helps us understanding what it spiritually means to hunger or thirst is found in Matthew chapter 5, in verse 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And And now the great multitude have obtained the salvation of God by his grace, and they have been filled with righteousness. They they no longer hunger and thirst after righteousness because God has granted it to them. And, And that's why it says here, they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. And we saw also last time how this verse relates to Revelation 22 in verse 11. And I'm going to read that again, which says, He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. Now here the word, Righteous, as well as filthy, it's indicating a set spiritual condition. There, There is no change in those that are filthy, and that would be the wicked, the unsaved, and there's no change 
in those that are righteous. If you're righteous, you'll remain righteous. If you're filthy, you'll remain filthy. And that is the condition of every individual today. The eternal state has been established for each person, each human being, and it will no longer change. There, there could be in time past during the day of salvation a change from one station to the next because God translated his elect once he determined to save them and to apply the redemptive work of Christ to them. He translated them out of the kingdom of darkness, which would be that filthy condition, into the kingdom of his dear son, into a righteous condition. But now that's no longer the case. If you're filthy, if you're unjust, you will remain filthy and unjust. If you're righteous and if you're holy, you will remain righteous and holy. There will be no translating one into the other. Of course, there never could be someone going from true righteousness or salvation to filthiness because we receive eternal life and no one can ever lose eternal life. But God's salvation program has ended. Therefore, there is no more coming out of darkness and into the light. No more leaving our um, our wretched, spiritually filthy condition and obtaining the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, one interesting thing here is the word still in Revelation 22.11. If you're filthy, you'll be filthy still. If you're righteous, you're righteous still. Now, that is the same Greek word. We don't see it in the verse, but in Revelation 7, verse 16, the Greek word eddy is found there that's translated as still several times in Revelation 22, 11. In the English, again, it says, They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. But literally, according to J. Green's Interlinear Bible, this verse, Revelation um, uh, 7.16 should read, They will not hunger still, nor will they thirst still. Because it's that same Greek word. And, well, what does that mean? Well, remember, hungering and thirsting after righteousness. So, when we read, They will not hunger still, nor will they thirst still, that it could uh, just as easily be read as, if we were to use what hungering and thirst mean um, in the spiritual realm, that they will uh, be righteous still is really what it's saying. They They will not hunger nor thirst after righteousness. They will not hunger still, nor will they thirst still. It's really saying the same thing that Revelation 22.11 is saying. And that's because it's describing the same period of time, our time period, known as Judgment Day. A prolonged period of time that God calls 
a single day. Well, let's continue on here in verse 16. I know we looked at this last time, but really this whole passage and these verses are are very important uh, to uh, to our condition, to our situation today, and it's important for us to carefully go over them. And the last part of verse 16 says, Neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. And we saw that the word light on is uh, only translated that way here. It's normally translated as fall or fell. And when the Bible speaks of the sun falling on them, nor heat falling on them, that it really is uh, language describing that the wrath of God will not fall on them. Back in Isaiah chapter 49, in verse 10, it says that the, the sun uh, will not smite them. And this verse appears to be a quote from that verse. And and so it has to do with the uh, anger of God being poured out upon the wicked, the unsaved, in the day of judgment. And yet God's people will not experience that wrath. They will not um, feel the the heat of the sun. And and from here, if you remember, we went to Revelation 16, where God is speaking of, again, the day of judgment, and he's using the picture of a scorching sun bringing scorching heat upon the wicked. And it says in Revelation 16, verse 8, And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire, and men were scorched with great heat, and blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. And and here, um, again, describing the wrath of God coming down, falling, lighting upon the unsaved inhabitants of the earth, and God likens it to scorching men with great heat. And we we also went to two places because the uh, word translated as scorched is only found four times in the Bible, four times in the New Testament, twice in, here in Revelation 16, and once in Matthew 13, and once in Mark 4, in the parable of the sower. In both instances, there are parallel gospel accounts of the same thing. And in the parable of the sower, and I, I want to go back there to Mark 4 to uh, just consider a few more things about this before we move on. In Mark 4, it says in verse 3, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow, and it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up, and some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. And and then the parable goes on to speak of some other seed that fell uh, among various places. 
And in the explanation of the parable that comes a little further along in the same chapter in Mark 4, we read in verse 16, And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves. Now, the word root is pointing to Christ. He is the root of Jesse. He is the one that enables an individual to endure the scorching heat. If Christ is in us, we will be able to endure to the end. If Christ, if we have no root in ourselves, is not in us, then it goes on to say in verse 17, and have no root in themselves and so endure, but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And we can see how this relates to our present day as Revelation 16 in using this word scorched twice as uh, we find in Revelation 16, 8 and 9 in the context of Judgment Day. And as we just follow the Bible's uh, guidelines to compare Scripture with Scripture and as we search out the meaning of that word, what do we find? Well, we find that the word scorched has to do with a time or, or a spiritual uh, setting in which people have heard the gospel and they have uh, received it with gladness in a very immediate, a fast way. And yet, uh, of them, some had no root in themselves. And since they had no root, Christ was not within them, they only endure for a time or for a little while, a little season. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And we can relate this very well to what has happened during the time of the Great Tribulation, when the latter rain was falling, when God opened up the Scriptures to reveal much truth, and there were many people, a good number of people, who received this information with gladness. They they were excited. They they were um, were joyful. They were excited. They felt, all right, this is it. We, we have insight into the time of the end of the world. The Bible has revealed to us the very day of judgment and, and many things, the end of the church age and uh, the fact that there is no place called hell, but God will, uh, will just annihilate mankind at the end. And, and all sorts of wonderful truths came forth from the word of God that were immediately received with gladness by a good number of people. But the problem is that of this number, there were some that had no root. 
Christ was not within them, and it was God's plan to bring about the day of judgment on the world, and at the same time, leave his people on the earth to go through this period of judgment day. But God did not reveal much of this plan as anything really concerning the idea that the elect would not be taken out of the world, uh, not be raptured, but remain uh, on the earth. He, he just did not reveal it. He could have opened up our understanding. Uh, that's how we know anything, isn't it? It's how we have come to a great many truths by God simply opening up our eyes and opening up our understanding to these things. And and we have to say, well, God's people followed the same methodology with um, with studying the Word of God on, on these passages as we follow with other passages, as we have learned that we're saved by the faith of Christ and not by our own faith. It's just by careful examination of the Scripture, here a little, there a little. And yet, um, that wasn't known until relatively recently during the season of latter rain. And why is that? Well, because God did not previously open up our eyes. It was according to his good pleasure that at this time period, we learn the true nature of salvation that we're saved by the faith of Christ and never by our own faith. And now we know this very well. And, and it's how it is with all truth. The Lord Jesus must open up our understanding that we might understand the scriptures. And if he does not, we will lack understanding to whatever degree that, that God does not, uh, reveal things to us. And, and some people think it's an excuse to say, well, well, we, uh, we just did not know. And the reason is because God, uh, held it back from us. But it's a fact. It, it is the case with all truth, with all information. It, it's the case with all the things we learn during the time of the Great Tribulation as, as the Word of God was unsealed. While the word was sealed, that meant that God held that information back. And no one could know it until it was the proper time, and then he opened our eyes. And likewise concerning God's elect going through Judgment Day, staying on the earth, and not being taken out of it. God held that back, and he had an excellent reason for doing so, in order for it to appear as though we were all wrong. Well, why would God want that? Why would he want his people to sound the trumpet to all the world, to proclaim boldly and and to proclaim widely to all the people of the world, and God opened up the door for this to happen. I don't know how, how anyone can look at how widespread the sending forth of the message of May 21, 2011, Judgment Day was, 
and think that the hand of God was not in it, when never before in all of previous history has a message from the Bible containing the message of judgment reached so many people of the world. Nothing has even come close. And and who could do that but God? Who can open up the doors and and multiply his word to that kind of degree but God? And so God did that, and he utilized a ministry that he raised up for over 50 years, the ministry of family radio. He utilized his faithful servant, Mr. Camping, that he carefully guided into much truth over the course of those same 50 years. He utilized the funds and resources of his people that had gathered together to send forth this word to the nations of the world, that they had uh, pooled their, their limited funds, and God allowed the vast majority of those funds to be expended, to be used up in the proclamation of this message to Judgment Day. And there is no other people, no other group of people that that can be identified with the truth like these people were, because the churches are falling away. That that is just a fact, and and therefore all that identify uh, with the churches, they they have no grounds for truth, and it, and all other ministries outside of the churches, they add to the Bible, they take away from the Bible. They do not understand the true salvation of the Bible. They do not diligently and studiously approach the Bible, comparing Scripture with Scripture, like this particular group of elect did. They identify with the truth unlike any other professed Christians in the world. And God permitted them And God blessed them in doing this to proclaim this message to the world. And God allowed it then to appear as though they were all wrong. When May 21, 2011 came and there was no outward uh, devastation, no earthquake. There was no change from one day to the next physically. Nothing that the human eye could see occurred in all the world. It was as though God had just uh, led his people, and, and I say that due to the information that came forth from the Bible. He led us right up to the point of sharing these things, and then it was almost as though he abandoned us. And then there was nothing apparently Afterwards, we, we, we didn't know what had happened. There was great confusion. And all of this was set up by God. It was His doing, His brilliant, um, working in controlling these circumstances in order to accomplish His purposes of bringing judgment day as a snare upon all the inhabitants of the earth as as uh, the very time they were rejoicing 
and proclaiming that they had won, that uh, nothing happened. The atheist said, see, there is no God. And the people in the churches said, see, we told you you cannot know the day or hour. All were rejoicing. All were confident. They were right. They had won the victory. And at that very time, God brought awful, grievous judgment upon every one of them in shutting the door of heaven in a spiritual judgment that has uh, been in effect ever since. And that door will never open again as God is pouring out his wrath upon these same people in a spiritual way and they cannot even discern that it is happening, just as he did to the churches, as the churches continued to think all was well with them, with them as God judged them for 23 years, and they went ignorantly through that judgment. Now, likewise, the world itself is going ignorantly through the day of judgment upon them, and this accomplished those certain purposes But God had other purposes to test his people as as they would go back to the Bible. And, uh, well, some would. Some would be immediately offended as we read of uh, these individuals here uh, who for a time received the word with gladness. But, as it says, they only endure but for a time afterward when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Uh, we we can say, as we have seen it uh, unfold, we've seen these things take place with individuals that were once hand in hand with us. Immediately, immediately, a day with some individuals, a week with others, a month with some others, but immediately they began to turn on. Uh, on the teachings that God had graciously opened up and to deny them and, and to turn on their fellow believers that once they stood with and, and to speak evil against them. And, and this all happened quickly. Why? Because they were offended. They were offended by holding on to the word of God, by adhering to these things and being embarrassed in the eyes of the world, in the eyes of their neighbors and family. They, they were embarrassed and that is much of God's plan, much of his purpose to see when the word of God becomes an offense and and if they would have turned back to the Bible, if they would have continued to search the scriptures and to check out the information that they once publicly proclaim, they would have discovered, well, we, we can't make correction on the timeline because it's still correct. There's no error. We, we can't say May 21, 2011 was on Judgment Day because the Bible still points to it. And therefore continues to insist that it was. And, and they would have seen that the test was to hold on, to endure, to continue steadfastly in the word of God, in the face 
of ridicule and mockery in the face of our own eyes testifying against it and the eyes of all the world uh, who who uh, would confidently declare nothing happened because they saw nothing take place with their eyes. This was the test. Will you stand fast and continue to hold on to the word of God? You heard my voice as Christ's sheep hear his voice. And and you know it was my voice. It's why you declared the Bible guarantees it. And now will you deny that it was my voice? Will you now turn back and and away from these things based on uh, just being offended at at the world's and the church's mockery and and their uh, their idea that they were correct? Well, you see, this is what God has done. We'll we'll have to look at this more in our next Bible study.